I mean, can we all say it together? Brother Nelson preached to me. Can you say that? Lord, everyone, you may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> well, let's see if we can get through this here tonight. <clears throat> I do want to give honor to Bishop and Sister Riggin, and uh, and thank thank them for the confidence that they have to uh, allow me the opportunity to be here right now. Again, I say this every time I'm here, but I mean it when I say it. I don't take it for granted. This is a this is a serious place, and uh, I know Bishop takes it very serious, and uh, he just doesn't flippantly allow anything behind his pulpit, and to be a part of being able to help in this capacity. Count it a privilege and an honor, and thank you, church family, for being faithful to the house of God on Thursday. <clears throat> after Tuesday, Hallelujah! And uh, while I'm saying that, thank you to everybody that did participate in trunk or treat. Uh, you guys are so creative. My my my, you guys did a good job on your trunks, and uh, many people. Stop by there. I think Sister Seely said she went through 160 cones there for cotton candy, and uh, I I had to uh, chuckle as Daniel was losing the sticks and and rocks game, and uh, that was fun to watch. And then David was all over the battlefield that night, and uh, he, he he's not here tonight though. That he, everything's okay there. Okay, good. I was hoping he didn't get sick from being out there and having to throw stones all night long. Hallelujah! But it's good to good to see them. Appreciate that. And, and last but not least, I want to acknowledge Sister Larson and uh, thank her for heading that up for us again this year and did a phenomenal job again, Sister. Thank you so much. And uh, for putting that all together and getting the themes put together, that's that's not an easy job. Hallelujah, and if you think it is, come see me, and I'll put you up there next year, and you can you can head it up next year. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. You guys are an awesome church family. We had a good time. We all went out to eat afterwards and and uh, had a great time, and, man, we had the staff all going. And we had some trick-or-treating or trunk-or-treating there, and it was just a good time. So thank you, everybody, again for everything that you do. Hallelujah. So tonight, <coughs> I am having troubles uh, with my voice, with my throat, with my cough. So if you'll bear with me, and we'll get through this. Hopefully, I'll be a blessing to you. But uh, there's some of you folks here tonight, you'll recognize this message from down in Lacine <coughs> when we were down there. Preach this here this this evening, and uh, and uh, I want to talk about 
the thought of when tradition is free. And the reason, the reason being is there are countless denominations. You can drive the streets and you can see Southern Baptists and Central Baptists and Catholic and West Wesleyan and Methodist and I mean just countless, just countless and countless ones out there. And it all stems from men at one time taking the word of God and misconstruing it and misinterpreting it and developing a doctrine and starting a theology, so to speak, starting a tradition. And people today are where they are because their families grew up there. Their great-grandma was a part of that church, and their grandma was, and their mom was, and so they are. And here we go on down the road. And so tonight, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I just want to just want to preach tonight about when tradition meets truth. And I want to preface this message and share with you the story that Bishop shares about the blind men touching an elephant. And he said, the first man touches the trunk and says it's a snake. And the second man touches the ear and says it's a fan. And the third man touches the tail and says it's a rope. And the last man touches the leg and says it's a tree. Each man touched a part of the elephant and determined what the elephant was based on that, on that one touch. They made their conclusion based on their narrow viewpoints. And it's only when they explore the other areas of the elephant that they can gain a true, true perspective of this animal. Again, the same can be said <clears throat> of how someone can handle the word of God. Some base their salvation on a few scriptures. It's only when you study or explore God's word as a whole that you're able to glean the truth of this word of God. In church, we got to remember what Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39 says, Search the scriptures. He said, Search the scriptures. For in them think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Webster's definition of tradition is this. One of them is an inherited, established, or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior. Such a religious practice or social custom. Hmm. A belief or story or body of beliefs or stories related to the past that are commonly accepted as historical, though not verifiable. Hmm. The handing down of information, beliefs, and customs by word of mouth or by example from one generation to another without written instruction. Talking about tradition. Tradition, tradition is a powerful thing. Hallelujah. I was talking to my wife on the way here. I was croaking to my wife on the way here tonight. <laughs> I was telling her about a story that I heard this week about a, a scientist took some fleas and put them in a jar. 
put a lid on the jar. And they got to where they could have air and everything. But they kept them in that jar. And I couldn't remember the duration of time that they left them in that jar. But there came a time when they lifted the lid off of the jar. And when they did, the fleas would only jump as high as the lid. And I thought, huh, how, how interesting, how compelling. But what really got me was, he went on to say, and the offspring fleas, the baby fleas that grew up, they would only jump as high as the other fleas. You know, fleas can jump three feet. They can jump a high, they can jump a long ways. The tradition's a lot like that. People get stuck in that jumping so high, and that's just the way we've always done it. This is the way we've always lived. We've always been Baptist. We've always been Catholic. And we're going to be this way till we die. This is what's going to happen. And Junior, you're going to be this way, and this is the way it's going to be. And when we go and we try to talk to people out on the street and tell them about, oh, I've got a church. I'm saved. And it breaks my heart because I know walking, watching them walk away, I know that they don't have truth. I'm not being judgmental, but I'm being real here tonight. We're not playing games. We got one shot at this thing. We got one chance of making heaven our home. And there's people out there tonight that tradition, tradition's going to take them to hell. And somehow or another, I can't but help believe that the adversaries got them convinced in their mind when they do come across someone with truth that they think to themselves, well, you know, God will just understand. He said, search the scriptures. I've given you the word. You're going to get judged out of those 66 books. You need to read what's in here so you know. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. If you'll stand with me tonight, I'd ask you to turn to John chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. John chapter 3, reading verses 1 through 7. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto the, to him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God, for no man can do these miracles, for thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, church, what you got here is a perfect example of the tradition of the Jewish religion coming into contact with the fulfillment or truth. And here comes Nicodemus at night and he walks in and he begins to, he tells him, Rabbi, we know, we know you're sent from God. No one does these miracles, but except that's the way it's got to be. And he's trying to, you know, he's just trying to kind of feel things out a little bit. But Jesus knows what's in his heart. He knows he wants to know. He wants to know. That's why Jesus said, verily I say unto thee. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? 
Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. Hallelujah, church. Won't you put your Bibles down and let's lift our voice and ask God to have his way here tonight. God, asking for your anointing to meet us in this house here tonight. God, you know, you know, God, it's not our ritual. It's not our routine, God, to be here on a Thursday night. But God, we're here. God, we need to hear from you. We need your presence in this place. Bind us together, God. I pray and instill this truth in us, God. I'm asking you. Lead us, God, and guide us to hungry souls. That's it, church. God, oh God, I'm asking you, Lord, to give us a burden, God, for souls like we've never known. God, let the tears of intercession weep through the eyes of your people, God. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I got to quit that. I ain't going to last. One. You see, the Pharisees accepted the written word as the inspired by God, that being the Old Testament. They believed the word of God. But unfortunately, they gave equal authority to oral traditions, saying they went back to the time of Moses. You see, the problem was that those traditions effectively, effectively, effectively added to the Word of God and their teachings and were merely human rules. My question to you, church, does that sound familiar? It does to me. Jesus had this to say of them when they were challenging him about his disciples eating without washing their hands. He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. This is the religious people. This is the church. And he's calling them hypocrites. And he's saying, Isaiah prophesied of you cats. And he did a good job of doing it. And he said, As it is written, This people, this people honoreth they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I'm talking about tradition tonight. Talking about that that, that people get themselves up on a Sunday morning and get their families ready and drive and sit in a denominal church because of tradition. Because their families have always done it. They've always been there. They've always been a part. I'm here to tell you tonight, tradition won't stand against truth. I said tradition won't stand against truth. Basically, what he was telling these boys here, he says, you should be more concerned about the washing of your heart than the washing of your hands, boys. Hallelujah. Here was the word manifest in the body of Jesus Christ telling them that their worship of him was in vain. 
Why? Because the doctrines they were teaching was not from the word of God, but from the commandments of men. Hallelujah. And in another place in Matthew, Jesus had this to say to them. Matthew 23, verses 23 and 24. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Here he goes, hypocrites. For you pay tithe, the mint, and anise, and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, faith. These ought ye have done, and not to leave the other undone. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow at a camel. My, my, my. You can read throughout all the, the Gospels when they're dealing with Jesus. They were constantly, constantly trying to find fault with him. And all the while he's performing miracles. All the while he's doing the, the Father's will. All the while it's the word manifesting flesh and dwelling among them and doing the work. And they couldn't see it because of what? Tradition. That's why, that's why I count myself a lucky, 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 make a lucky individual. To be in truth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We read how Jesus' earthly ministry confounded and upset the traditional, the traditional Jewish sects, sects especially those of the Pharisees. And in Mark chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, says this, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. <clears throat> and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And what did he do? He preached the word unto them. And when they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up and let him down in the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. I got to stop right there and just say, ain't Jesus just something? I mean... He's poking the bear right there. That's what he's doing. God done told you. The Pharisees were always falling behind him, trying to find fall with him. And here they're laying this, they're, they're, they're lowering this old boy down in his bed. He's sick of the palsy, and Jesus is going, poke the bear right here. Because he could have said, be thou healed. But no, he wanted to poke the bear. He said, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Here we go, boys and girls. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Whoa. Did you hear that? Who can forgive sins but God only? It's God manifest in the flesh, boys. You just stop for a minute and realize... But that tradition had him blind. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your heart? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. 
but that ye may know, but that ye may know that the Son of Man, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Friend, can I tell you, don't get caught up with somebody that's always yapping. Yapping junk contrary to the truth. You tried witnessing to them, you tried talking to them, and they're constantly, yeah, but yeah, no, no, but yeah, but no, no, no. Pray for them and move on. There's somebody sick with the palsy that needs you. If they want, they know where to go if they want, if they're hungry for it. I said pray for them. But don't let them stop your progress. Don't let them hinder you going to somebody else and saying, hey, thy sins be forgiven thee. Arise, take up your bed and walk. Repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You see, the Pharisees, again, were so focused on those oral traditions that they failed to realize who Jesus was. John chapter 8, beginning at verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and has the devil? <laughs> oh, these guys. They're just a mess. Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and you got a devil. Jesus answered, I have not a devil. But I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Hmm. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Because, uh -huh. hey, Abraham's dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, A man keep my saying, He shall never taste a death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? Jesus is looking at him going, If I honor myself, my honor's nothing. It is my father that honoreth me. Of whom you say that he is your God. You say he's your God. Boys. Verse 55. Yet you have not known him. You say he's your God. You don't even know him. It's right here. And if I say I know him not. I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him. And keep his saying, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Here he goes poking the bear again. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. In verse 59, they couldn't take it. 
Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Friend, I'm telling you, you've just got to keep moving forward. Don't let those that are caught up in tradition hinder you any longer. Just keep on moving forward with that truth. Keep sowing that seed of truth. Keep going after those that are outside of this ark of safety. They're sitting there in their homes, even right now, wondering what it takes to be saved. And you've got the answer. So often we get caught up with backslid families sometimes. What I mean by backslid family, I don't mean backslid from truth. I'm talking about backslid family that's in tradition. They're a mess. And they'll run their head on you and they'll talk about you. And they'll argue with you. Don't get caught up with that. Just move on. So we passed them by. The Pharisees believed that they were obeying God's word. That's the sad thing about that whole picture. Some Pharisees chose to defend their interpretation of the law and the authority of oral tradition at all costs and by any means. Proverbs 14 and 12 says this, There is, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But you see, that old Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, the ruler of the Pharisees, he'd been seeing all this going on. But Nicodemus was a little different. And if you would allow me to just kind of use my own little creative thinking, can't help but think that Nicodemus would be standing there in the crowd with the rest of the Pharisees trying to find fault with Jesus, and he would see the miracles being performed. And it would do something within him going, who is this? And he'd hear them yammering and he would just, I've got to know. I've got to know this man. There's something about this man. So much to the place to where he, he arranged for a meeting to meet Jesus at night. Friend, that was an undertaking. Because if his buddies found out, he would be excommunicated. But he had to know. He couldn't take it anymore. I know there had to have been nights Nicodemus laid in his bed staring at that ceiling going, who is this man? And friend, how many are others out there tonight laying in their bed staring at the ceiling going, who, who is this Jesus? You know, I talked to those people at the, at the old settlers event. And they were talking about one God. What do they mean? What do they mean? My life's a mess. And I need help. Staring at that ceiling, wanting to know that God that you spoke to them about. That you stopped them long enough to offer them a flyer. And at the time, they kind of acted, but now God's had some time to work on them. I'm telling you, friend, God wants to save the lost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You see... There are those that are probably wrestling with the truth as well, like Nicodemus. Religious traditions they grew up with being compared to the truths that they're being presented with. 
and then going around family members that say, oh, it doesn't take all that to be saved. But friend, the very definition of a Christian is to be what? Christ-like. The Amplified Version of Romans 8 and 29 says this, For those whom he foreknew, of whom he had, or whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning, ordained them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. My friend, this truth will change you. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for truth right here. God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for this truth, Lord. Thank you for this truth. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5, or chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If any man be in Christ, he's not going to live the same way he did before he came to Christ. I know what tradition tries to tell you. I know what the traditional denominal world tries to tell you that, yeah, you can still, you know, smoke and drink, you know, have your social drink, and you can still go to the, the, to the concerts, and you can still listen to that music. And, but that's what I was doing before. Well, yeah, but now you're going to church. So the only difference is I'm going to a different place on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week I'm living the same life I was living before I started coming here on a Sunday morning. How does that make sense? Behold, all things become new. He is a new creature. He wants the right things. Desires the right things. Wants to please him who has called him out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In our passage of scriptures tonight, again, Jesus cut to the chase and told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again of what? Water and spirit. Water and spirit. Friends, here we have the criteria for the search in scriptures to learn how to be saved. Hallelujah. So let's put this into context. We're reading from the book of John, which is considered what kind of book? Sunday school, what kind of book is the book of John? Huh? Don't fail me now. You say it? You say gospel? Right. Good job. And the gospels are what describes the life and actions of Jesus Christ and his disciples. Good job, sis. You might get some extra points to go shopping this Sunday. I'm not guaranteeing nothing. 
So if that was in the book of John, and he's told them, told Nicodemus, thou must be born again of water and the Spirit, then we got to continue reading on because in the book of Luke, which is another book, which is what book? Book of Gospels. Very good. You get some points, you get to go shopping this weekend, brother. Don't get in the way of Hunter, though. He'll take your knees out if you get too close. Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 2, or 24, verse 44 through 49, Jesus said this, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things, that all things must be fulfilled. See, if you just take the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, it all ties together when you're in truth. He said, which were written in the law, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high. So we have one of the last instructions Jesus gave his disciples before he departed from this earth. And so the next book behind the book of Luke is what book? The book of Acts, which is what kind of book? What's that? History of the church. That's right. So let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's find out what's going on because we want to search the scriptures. For in them we have eternal life, don't we? Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. Not just any Jews. But devout men. These cats been reading the scriptures. Out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein were born Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phygra and Pamphylia, and Egypt and the parts of Libya, about Cyrene and the strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others, verse 13, here we go, mocking, said these are full of new wine. Here again, my friend. You got the family member showing up. It don't take all that. Psh, there ain't nothing to this. 
I mean, these men are just speaking in your language. I understand that, but it ain't nothing. They're just full of, they're just full of evil language. They're just You don't need to act that way. You don't need the Holy Ghost. You don't need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You don't need all that. But you see, we've just read a historical account of the promised outpouring of that Holy Ghost. Did you realize that? That was a historical account of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But what about the fulfillment of the commandment Jesus told Nicodemus of being born of water and the Spirit? Well, let's read on. Verse 14, it says, but Peter, but Peter, standing up with the 11, he couldn't stand it. He heard them boys saying, ain't nothing to it. Peter said, okay, here we go. Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that. This is that, boys, you devout men, which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And then my servants and all my handmaids, I'll pour out in those days my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven and above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh-oh. There it is. Let's stop right there and let's just form a doctrine. Let's believe that. It's in the book of Acts, ain't it? Let's just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we'll be saved. But what you don't seem to realize is this is an historical count of the day of Pentecost and Peter was lifting up his voice and began to address these Jews, the Jews that denied Jesus Christ as the Messiah. So he said, first thing we got to get established here, boys, is you've got to believe that he was who he was. It's not to be saved. That's where you stop. You just don't believe and I'm saved. He says, you've got to believe that he was the Messiah. Then you can be saved. Because if they didn't believe he was the Messiah, there was no need to move on. Acts 2.22 says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you have yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken by wicked hands... And have crucified and slain. Skipping down to verse 32. This Jesus hath God raised up. Whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He hath shed forth this which ye now see and hear. Skipping on down to verse 36. Therefore. Therefore. Hey. Listen up, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Jesus and Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, when the boys said it's just it, they're just full of new wine. 
But when he's told them, you boys killed him. You seen what he did? That was the Messiah, boys. You did it. You killed him. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Again, you have your first account of somebody asking how to be saved. What do we do? What do we do? Well, what did Peter tell them? Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Boys, repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. My friend, you have just read the fulfillment of being born of water and the spirit, which was commanded to Nicodemus. Going on, verse 39, for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. I'm telling you what, if I was stuck in tradition and I ran across that scripture and it says save yourself from this untoward generation, you better believe I'd be flipping to figure out how did we get here? What brought us to this point? That's the first time you hear that say save yourselves from this untoward generation. Verse 41 says, Then they that gladly received the word were baptized, and about the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Did they accept the Lord as their personal Savior? Did they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Did they shake the preacher's hand? Did they fill out a church card? Did Grandma take them there? we got the account of people being added to the church. My, my, my. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, that's it, church. Thank you for truth, God. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, there's nobody like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You run across people every day, every day, say, I love Jesus. You talk to them, witness to them. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 and 15, in the Amplified Version, I like this version the best, what it had to say. It says, if you really love me, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. Friend, tradition will not save you. Truth in God's word is the only thing, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing that will save you. John 8 and 31 and 32 said, Then said Jesus unto the Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, 
If you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Let's all stand and lift our hands to the Lord here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for truth. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. God, I'm asking you, God, family members, friends, co-workers, God, that are bound by tradition, I'm asking you to open their understanding, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you close your eyes and lift your hands? Can you get a friend or a co-worker a lost friend, a lost co-worker, a lost family member. Maybe, maybe they're tied up in, in tradition, tradition of, of denominal teaching. God, loose them. Put a hunger in their heart. God, open doors, Lord. That's it, church. Hallelujah, right there where you're at, I just ask you to pray and ask God, God, open doors.